0: Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And
1: I'm Andrew Nichol. And
0: today on the show, we are doing our third review, a week case study of a listener of the show who's messaged us in her situation. And we're going to talk about what her options are, what she could potentially do in property. Now, she has sent this in and asked us for it to be anonymous. And so... We'll give her a name. What should we call her, Andrew? You really put me on the spot with it. Let's call her... Louise. Okay. All right. We'll go with Louise. So there we go. (laughs) Louise, here here is your situation. Actually, Louise has done really, really well for herself, but she said she's a bit confused about what she should do next, given the headwinds in the market, new tax rules, her stock market portfolio has taken a wee bit of a tumble. So let me summarise her situation for everybody. And then what we'll do is we will go through, talk about some changes she could make in order to achieve her goals. Now, first off, she wants to achieve a passive income. would like 150K, but she's thinking, you know what, 100K would be a good start. We've chatted back and forth. She wants that in about two to three years. Now, here's what she's got. She's got some really good assets, actually. About a $2.2 million property over on Waiheke. That is an investment property. Initially bought that for 1.2, and that's got a mortgage of about $850K on that. On top of that, she's managed to lock that in at really low interest rates, 3% for the next Five years, so really low interest rates, and that's earning about 45k a year. On top of that, she's got about 400, just shy of 400k in cash, so a lot of cash, and 100k share portfolio, 40k in KiwiSaver, and earns about, I think she said here, 180k per year. So Louise, With all of those numbers, what can you do? Well, the first thing I'd just say to summarise your situation, you've got really, really good equity. And the one thing I've actually haven't mentioned is that Louise has told us, Andrew, that she owns a property with her partner that she's living, currently got no debt on that property. So really good equity position. Other thing that's important to just note is really, really good income. So you've got some options there. You've got the ability to borrow to invest if you want to. And you've got about $1.84 million worth of what we would call investable assets. So when you take the value of your Waiheke property, take away your mortgage, add in your cash, you've got just over $1.8 million that you can actually invest to create that passive income, which gives you those options. I haven't even included your KiwiSaver in there because, look, without seeming too creepy, I I had a wee look at your LinkedIn profile and you're definitely not 65 yet. So that's not going to be available to you. So my key point here is you've got some options, but there are some
1: challenges. The challenges. so first of all, the Waiheke Island property has got a very, very low yield. And whilst people can kind of just forget that that's probably not acceptable if you compared it to another property because the debt's so low and you've owned it for so long, we need to kind of look at what the opportunity cost is if we keep that property versus selling it and potentially buying other properties.
0: And actually, Andrew, I didn't put it on your notes, but it's about a 2% gross yield. So really, really low yielding property.
1: A gross yield, if if you ask me. (laughs) tough crowd. So let's talk about the future of the Waiheke property cash flows. Before the tax changes, that property would have worked out over the next 15 years to $105,000 worth of positive income. That's with higher interest rates, which is great. Post changes, so once the interest deductibility is phased out completely, it'll be positive for the first five years while interest rates are low and you've still got some deductibility. But after that, you're going to be negative 50,000 over the 15 years. So it's probably still going to be a good growth property because Waiheke is obviously closely linked to Auckland. But you know, it is a bit more limited than Auckland. I wouldn't say it's the same as Auckland. Do you know what the historic rates are?
0: Oh, enormous. Uh, Like 9% for some Uh, parts of it, like like on it Because Waiheke properties have just gone insane over the last kind of two, three years. But the big impact is that the cash flow over 15 years is going to be about 10K worse per year. So it's going to be 150K worse off after these tax changes. Combine that with the low growth. This sort of property is not going to provide the sort of passive income that Louise is looking for.
1: Yep. Now, second of all, the value of your shares has gone down recently. Now, we don't know how much. Oh, 30%. 30 per- <laughs> like I found out. After, after I wrote the notes, This 30%. is a complete stitch up. I get my half caked notes. Right. So w- generally speaking, we'd probably be hesitant in saying, sell them now because that crystallises your losses. And also, that
0: would be giving personalised financial advice, yeah, of
1: which we cannot in- do on a podcast but you are likely to see these rebound at some point in the future. So that's maybe just something you might want to consider. The third and final thing is, as Ed said, he is a creep and did a bit of stalking on you, Louise, and says that you're young enough that that saver is not going to be accessible anytime soon. So as a result, we've left that out of the calculation. That's right. Now, if we've got that Change wrong, your account Louise. Change to private, Louise. <laughs> I was going to say, Louise, if that's
0: not the case, and you're about to hit 65, send me whatever hair dye you're using, because it's clearly working. Now, what are Louise's options? Now, we have modelled this out to try and find a creative situation. Of course, the standard strategy we talk about on this show is buy a whole heap of growth properties, build up your equity, and then eventually sell them, buy some high-yielding properties, get a good passive income. Yeah, but often with a yielding property in there to create a wealth wheel. Yeah, there's a bit more subtlety than just the okay. buy some properties, then sell and buy some more properties. <laughs> now, the good thing for you, Louise, is, as we said, you've got a lot of equity. You've already had a lot of that growth. The question is, how do you use that to get a passive income in quite a short time frame? So we've had to look at some things that are creative. One thing that we've looked at is first of all, selling that Waiheke property, given that it's got a lot of growth, but not providing a lot of yield. So if you came in and had a chat to us, that's probably what would tell you. Now factoring in sale costs, the fact that you're going to have to pay for a real estate agent, all of those things, I think you could walk away with about $1.25 million, potentially more given that the Waiheke market is so hot at the moment. And she's told us actually, she's had people knocking on her door. Really? Well, not knocking on her door because it's a property. She doesn't live there.
1: But, <laughs> but dropping peop- pamphlets.
0: People want to buy this off her. So potentially oh. she could get a higher price on that. Now, the strategy that somebody in your situation might use is because you would then walk away with a lot of cash, is investing that into three high-yielding properties. So I've modelled out a situation where you're buying three high-yield properties, totaling about $2.7 million worth of property. Two of those would have extremely low debt on them. So one would be no mortgage at all. One would be a very small mortgage. The third one would have a lot of debt on it. Now, because you're looking for that passive income in a short space of time, you probably want to take what this is more of a conservative strategy, because we're looking at then using the rental income from those high yielding properties in order to aggressively pay down debt. The reason behind that is if you want that passive income in three years, you don't want to be relying on market led capital growth because three years is just too short a yes. time frame. If it was 15 years, all gravy, that's what we'd look at. But you want it in three years' time. And so using those high yield properties to pay down debt is going to increase your net assets more quickly. How quickly? That is a great question. Let me look at my modeling. So, what I've modeled out here is paying down the third property as if you were going to pay it off over a 15-year period. Now, you wouldn't actually do that in practice because you just need to get the debt down low enough that it starts to create that passive income. But from the modelling I've got in front of me, I think you'd be able to get that 100K passive income by three years from today. It's pretty good. If following this strategy and the assumptions work out. Now, that is based on one thing, Andrew, that we need to talk about. Usually on this show, when we talk about building a passive income, we talk about targeting a 4% net yield. So that means that after you've paid all of your costs, the money's coming. you've paid your property manager, you've paid your insurance and your rates and your body corporate, all of that sort of stuff, you'd walk away with a 4% net yield. Now, these numbers only work to get it in that three-year period that Louise is looking if she gets a 4.5% net yield. Now, just to give you an example of how much this really matters, if we change that yield to 4%, then should be kind of 14K short per year of what she was aiming for. So of course,
1: you haven't allowed any extra savings in this calculation at the moment, right? No, exactly. And she's got quite a large amount of shares. So our assumption is that she's probably saving and and if she wanted to achieve it in a relatively short period of time, any surplus income that she's got, she can add that into paying down the debt
0: as well. 100%. The other thing that we've factored in here, just so everybody knows as well, because it brings up a, a really interesting conversation, is i factored in using her cash to help limit the debt. Now, what we probably wouldn't do is use that cash as a deposit. What you instead you might do is borrow the three hundred and ninety K, which is how much cash she's got, but then put that cash in an offset to push down how much interest she's paying.
1: Okay. But why wouldn't you put it in as cash? What was the thoughts there?
0: Well then it stays liquid if you keep okay. it in an offset right, just so in case she ever needed. Yeah, just in case she ever needed it. You know, I don't know. Whatever I say is going to sound so weird. But, like, say Louise gets into a biking accident (laughs) and all of a sudden wants access to that Because he's been
1: spotting you use your bike a lot on
0: Instagram. I I have not found Louise on Instagram. Just kidding, Louise. You sound so weird. You make me sound even weirder than I am in real life. But these are some of the things that you might start to think about. The other thing that I've also factored in, just so you know, Louise, is also inflation adjusted everything. So when I say getting 100K income, or it was actually 96K passive income in three years time, that's 96K in today's income all inflation adjusted to make sure you live in the same lifestyle.
1: Just on that note about the 4.5% net yield, while we use 4% as a good general rule of thumb, that's because there are a wide range of properties that kind of achieve that. There are absolutely properties, particularly if you're using something like a burst strategy as well, that you can actually generate that sort of income. So that's not impossible. In fact, I just today reviewed some properties that we're going to be looking at recommending for some investors that that would be suitable for, and they were townhouse dual key units, which I think would be pretty close to 4.5%, if not 4.5%. I'm not going to tell you about them today, but the webinar, which we'll tell you about shortly, are hopefully going to be able to showcase them then.
0: Oh yes, you're going to have to come along to it. It's going to be a banger. So one other thing that I've also looked at for you is potentially adding in a growth property as well. So because you eventually want to get up to that 150 k passive income, what if we add in a growth property on top of this in order to help you get there. Now, if I plug in the numbers, put you back at a 4.5% net yield, then we're probably looking at that at about eight years, nine years from now based on the modelling in front of us. So certainly the good news here is because you've invested, because you've got some equity there, you do have some options. Now Louise did say to us, my issue is that I've got so many options, I don't know what to do. Yeah, and
1: that can often be the way. One thing that I just wrote down as you're waffling on there about Louise's private life and where she goes to cafes was that sometimes you've got to look at your portfolio and say, is this the property I would buy today? Is it still a good investment today? Because it might have been been a great investment when you bought it and it's done what you needed it to do. It's gone up in value, it's providing some income, but today doesn't meet the criteria that I need for the future. And whilst you don't want to be too quick to sell things just because it's had a bad year or something like that, I think that it's really important to actually dig down into your portfolio once a year and figure out if something's right for the future. That's one of the services we offer doing the portfolio analysis.
0: 100%. The other thing that I just wanted to mention, Louise, as well, is that the really interesting thing about this situation, thank you for sending it in, is that it is quite that different strategy compared to what we usually would. So again, just to recap before we wrap up the show, the strategy that you would look at, again, not recommending it, this is not personal financial advice, given that we're on a podcast, podcast, but purchasing a couple of high yielding properties, one with high debt, two with low or no debt, using the rental income from the three properties to then pay down aggressively that mortgage over, say, a 15-year period. And then based on the numbers we're looking at, potentially being able to have that 100K passive income in three, four years time. So that's the sort of strategy you would look at. Now, one thing I will just say is that if you're listening to this and thinking, God, this is quite interesting, I'd love somebody to look at my personal portfolio to do this for me, then Andrew does have the portfolio analysis service where you can start to have these conversations about what do I want to do? How could I do that? And that is available, I think it's $999 to have that done. I'll link down to it in the show notes if anybody's interested. interested in that, just so that you can see that. But really interesting situation. Good to see that you've got some options here for you, Louise. Now let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, come along to that webinar if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I. We're going to talk about those properties that we think have about that 4.5% net yield potentially. Now, if you want to come along to that, I'm going to drop a link down in the show notes or just go to opuspartners.co.nz. You'll be able to sign up there. to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you
1: get the most out of the New Zealand property market.
0: Until next time.